You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How many people need some more wisdom? How many people think the person next to them needs it? No, I shouldn't say that, should we? I sit next to you, so they'll be all right, I reckon. Hey, uh, funny thing happened last night. Um, it seems to be every time I, I set to preach a message, I have to walk through the message prior to actually preaching it. I think next week I'm going to preach about people giving me lots of money. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I knew I was speaking about music, specifically praise and worship. And so 10 o'clock last night, um, put my iPad on charge. I've, I've, I've had the, um, just, yeah, had a, you know, go through my message. I was ready to go, prepped, put my iPad on charge and went to bed. Well, I started to go to bed until I heard the music. It was loud. You know, we, we're talking the, the music that sounds like it's in your room with you, that kind of loud. And it wasn't death metal. It wasn't crazy, out of control rap or anything like that. It was, it was old classics like Neil Diamond. I just, just kind of, but it was loud, like so loud. First song I got through and I went, is it just one song? Were they just going, oh, I just love the song and then turn it off? No, it wasn't. So the second song plays and that's as loud as the last one and um, I will not sleep. I can't sleep with these songs and these tunes in my head. So the third song starts and, and I'm thinking, I think there's a pattern here. And so I'm in my, my blue dressing gown. I got my pajama pants on and I just start heading out the door and I don't even know what I'm going to do but I'm heading towards the noise, the music. And so I'm walking towards the noise, and, and, and I see this garage door open. Can't see anyone in it, but the noise is kind of coming from there. And, and so I get closer, and I see the car door open, and there's somebody sitting in the car with this stereo blaring loud. So I kind of approach it still again, not sure quite what's going to happen or what I'm going to receive, but I get to the door, and, and the music stops. And he gets out of his car, and he's, he's got his bear or something in his hand, and he's half cat, all right, he's already on his way, he's well on his way, and he goes, hey, and I said, uh, hey, just wondering if you could turn the music down, we're trying to get a little bit of sleep here, it's too loud, is it, I said, yeah, yeah, it'll be a little bit too loud, so he walks over to me, he's getting closer to me, he grabs my dressing gown, and I was looking pretty tough in my blue dressing gown, <laughs> grabs my dressing gown and pulls it and goes, is that a Liverpool shirt? Is that a Liverpool shirt? And he goes, hey! And he pulls out his watch and he's got the liver bird, your know, crest, and he's a, he's a Liverpool supporter. And he says to me, oh, I've just had the best day. Oh, I, I, I scored the winner today. We were, it was one all with five minutes to go and I just got this, this shot and went into the top corner and it was, it was amazing. I'm just celebrating today. I said, I'm so happy for you. I'm, really, I am happy for you, but maybe you could just celebrate with a little less volume. He goes, no worries, mate. Nice to meet you, Mike. And off I went. Made a new friend. Hey, when you're friendly. He says, so nice that you can just come and say it nicely to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you responded well as well. And I went to bed and so did he. Praise God. So we're going to get in the Word this morning because it's all about praise and worship this morning. <laughs> you know, last week we talked about the, the, the disciplines of a follower of Jesus someone who follows Jesus, and modeled by the, the archangels that were represented from creation. You know, we talked about Gabriel, the archangel, who represented uh, the Word, that we must be followers of the Word. We must read the Word daily. We don't just turn up at church to get our meal for the week. We've got we to get a meal every single day of the week. 
talked about Michael, who was uh, representing prayer in the Bible, that we can be a people of prayer, praying continually, never stopping praying, but always coming to God in prayer. And worshiping God through what we see in Lucifer, the archangel, who was in charge of worship, that we would live a life of worship. And today I want to focus specifically on the area of worship. And I want to give credit where credit's due and honor to Chris Hodges, pastor of Church of the Highlands. On our sabbatical, I've listened to a lot of his teaching and his podcasts, and some of this teaching is, uh, that I'm sharing today is, is inspired by some of his messages. So I want to give honor there where, where appropriate. But let me open in prayer as we look at this topic of praise and worship and what would our response be as followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of music. We thank you, Lord, so many of us love and enjoy music, lots of different genres and uh, ways of expressing ourselves and listening. And God, I pray that you'd speak to us about what our response would be when it comes to praise and worship. God, we thank you that uh, we can see victory, Lord, when we, when we enter into a lifestyle of, of worship and praise. So speak to us, Lord, individually, but even, even greater than that, corporately, as a family, Lord, what would our response be as a church? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I just want to frame the message today by uh, differentiating between a, a lifestyle of worship, a life of worship, and the act of praise and worship through song and, and the movement of our bodies. Um, Romans 12, 1 describes a lifestyle of worship where Paul says to the church in Rome, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a Liverpool, uh, as a Liverpool. <laughs> as a living sacrifice, <laughs> holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, Paul was saying in light of God's mercy, in, in light of understanding his forgiveness and what he would offer us, in light of that, our response should be one of worship. A whole life on the altar saying, God, I'm fully sacrificed. I'm fully surrendered to your will, to your purpose. My thoughts, my actions, my words, it's all worship to you. What does that look like? What does that look like for you? What does that life of worship look like? It's a life of surrender. But specifically, I want to focus on praise and worship as expressions of this lifestyle of worship. What is praise and worship? Praise comes from the, the Latin word pretium, which means price or value. An ascription of value or worth to an object or a person. Worship is the act of attributing reverent honor and homage to God. One word that's used to describe worship is the word proskunio, which means to bow down to God or kings. So worship is the focus, the attention, the resource, the time that we would give to someone or something. Reality is we all worship someone or something. We give our time, our attention, our focus to something. My question is, who gets my worship? Who gets the worth? Who gets my value? Who, who, who do I give my praise, my honor, my worth to? I can give praise and worship to many different things. I can give it to, to my job. I can, I can give it to my house. I can give it to my toys. I can even give it to people. And God doesn't have a problem with us having other things that we love and we, we enjoy and, we, and, and we, we celebrate. But when those things become greater than God, more important than God, that moves into idolatry. God says there will be no other gods before me. 
I remember having this conversation with a friend, and he said, well, it seems like God's a little bit insecure, that he needs our worship. And that's kind of something you'd say when you don't understand who God is, right? <laughs> We're talking God, the creator of the universe. Of course we would worship the one who's given us life and breath. I love it, Psalm 95, 3, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Of course we would worship the one who created us, right? Isn't that our natural response? But is it? But is that our natural response? Can our lives get crowded out with all the other things we give our time and attention to? I believe it can. So some questions to ask, and you might ask them now or maybe throughout the week. You could ask these questions. Who or what gets my worth? Do any of these things or people get more worship than God? Good questions to ask. So let's go on a journey today with the origins of praise and worship. Where does praise and worship originate from? Let's look at the original worshiper, the worshiper that God created, an angel called Lucifer, an archangel, an authority in heaven, unlike any other angel, magnificent in splendor, created as an instrument of worship. And most scholars would agree that, that Lucifer was actually not just a, a player or a, or a musician, but was an instrument himself. He was made of musical equipment, so to speak. And we're going to look at that this morning. Isaiah 14, 11. Isaiah is speaking to the king of Babylon, but he's, he's directly referring to the spirit of Lucifer that was controlling and influencing the king of Babylon. He says, all your pomp has been brought down to the grave along with the noise of your harps. Lucifer was made with strings. Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, it says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn, you've been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Here we see in Isaiah Lucifer's fall from heaven. Five times we hear Lucifer making this claim, this assumption, this desire to be greater. See, the kingdom culture says that we would humble ourselves before God. John says, I must decrease so that Jesus, you would increase. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be great in the kingdom, they must serve. That is God's heart. That is how we would position ourselves to be used for him and his kingdom. Now, yes, we do. We need CEOs, we need leaders, we need teachers, we need parents, we need role models at the top of every mountain and every sphere of influence. We do. But the way to get there is not to climb to the top. It's to humble ourselves, to serve, to love, be diligent, be faithful, and watch. God is the best promoter of people. I've watched it time and time again. People who say, you know what, I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. And God says, I pick you and I raise you up. Humble yourself before God. And everything will be so much better off. So Lucifer, he makes these five claims. He says, number one, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. In other words, in today's language, I want the top job. I want the boss's job. <laughs> nothing wrong with wanting the boss's job. Come on, nothing wrong with a little bit of uh, aspiration and desire. But he wanted it for the wrong reasons. He wanted the worship that should have been reserved for God alone. And just like that, God cast Lucifer down 
And, and the, the, Jesus said, I was there. <laughs> I was there, and he fell like lightning. You know, we think it's kind of like a Star Wars, good versus evil, you know, a two-hour battle. It was like that. We're talking a battle that went wrong. Spirit, you're gone like lightning to the ground. That was the battle. That was the sum of the battle. The victory is God's. He is more powerful. There is power in the enemy, but God is all-powerful. And He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. We hear uh, Lucifer described even further in Ezekiel 28, 12 to 13. This is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and beauty, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, topaz, onyx, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise, and beryl. What's interesting, this was found in the garden in God's original creation. If you read in the book of Revelation, you'll find these same stones mentioned as God is building a temple with living stones. Come on, that's you and I with adorn, adornment with these stones and precious jewels. What was meant for Lucifer is now for humanity. It goes on and it says, your settings and mountings were made of gold on the day you were created, they were prepared. Now the King James Version, as I read that, I didn't understand what it meant by, by settings and mountings. The, the King James Version expounds this further and says, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes. Now this is interesting because Isaiah's already mentioned that Lucifer was made of strings, but now Ezekiel reveals two more components of Lucifer's creation, tabrets and pipes. Now, a tabret or a timbrel, as some of the translations would say, is the tambourine, the rattling, the jangling of the, the tambourine. Pipes is not referring to plumbing. We're talking pipes. Now, if you're a little bit musical, you might be going, hold on, I think, this, I think, the, <laughs> I think something's happening here. That's right. Music is made up of these three things, percussion, Things we would hit, stringed instruments, guitar, bass, harp, things we would pluck or strum. And then the, the, the pipes represent the wind instruments, the clarinet, the oboe, the trumpet, the, the trombone, the French horn. So music involves these three components. That's what Lucifer was made up. So when God created Lucifer, he was creating music as a gift to all of creation. He had all three. He was a worship instrument. So we need to know right from the very beginning of creation, music is something that God created. Worship is anointed. And all music, I would say, is powerful. And here's the thing, when Lucifer fell, he was still a musical instrument. He still makes, he still influences music today. Come on, maybe some of you have listened to some of his music. There is music out there that is, that is horrible. Now, there's a lot of music kind of, we would say, would be somewhere in between. And here's what I would say about that. I believe music points us to God or it points us away from Him. So when we sing, when we listen, when, when we consume music, the question we need to ask is, who is this pointing towards? See, I believe Lucifer has no problem with songs that don't mention Him. But if it points it back to us, if it points it back to a worship of ourselves or of others, then that's exactly what he wants. 
He wants our attention and our focus and music to be on anything other than God. Big challenge for all of us. I, I obviously have a personal conviction around the music I listen to. I've made some decisions in my life that, you know, what I want to consume is music that would bring glory to God and get my focus on Him because I know the other music doesn't do that for me. It, it takes me away from Him. It takes my focus away from Him. And I like it and it sounds good. You know, to my ears it's pleasing. And i got a bunch of songs I wish I didn't have in my head. Songs I haven't heard for 20 years and I'm singing the lyrics and going, these lyrics are horrible. But it's in there. That's the power of music. But you go through my playlist. You listen to my playlist. I've got a song on there, More Love, More Power, More of You in My Life. Some of you from the 80s might remember that song. That was a song I heard for the very first time I knew that God loved me. As an 11-year-old, and I felt God's arms wrap around me, and I wept and wept and wept as I found that God loved me. I remember 15 years ago, I've got another song on my playlist. Every time I hear it, I'm, I'm transported back to Eastern Beach I'm in, the, I'm in the van, and I'm listening to this worship song, and I'm crying out to God because I wanted to have a family. Crying out, God, would you give us the answer? And this, the song was resonating in my heart and in my spirit, and as I was weeping, it was connecting to God and the faith and the promise that He had for me. Another song was, was on my playlist. It was my running playlist, my 5K playlist, because that's as far as I can run, no further. And it was song number four. And as I would run and I'd get to the song, I'd begin to, to cry. And I'm running and people go, man, he's really in pain running. It's like, no, <laughs> there was something about the song because I was in the middle of a really difficult season in my leadership where I made some mistakes, I made some bad decisions, and I found myself living out the consequences of these decisions. And there was a song that says, I'm not looking back, I'm moving ahead. It was a song of faith, and every time that song was sung, every time I sung it, every time I wept through that song, it was like a prophetic declaration of what God was asking me to do. Come on, there is power in music. I believe as we look back over the next 10 years, with our sabbatical, our time away, we are going to remember every time we hear Danny Goki playing, we're going to remember his music. Now, for some of you, you may have no idea who Danny Goki was. He, he actually auditioned and did very well on American Idol. Ironic that, right? Not really that ironic, that we would make an idol of people who sing, the very thing that God would not want us to do. But this man is a lover of Jesus and a worshiper of Jesus. And his music now, if you listen to some of his music, Every Victory is Yours, he sings that on the album. Uh, we all need Jesus. Doesn't the world all need Jesus? Amazing songs, gospel songs pointing to Jesus. And we will remember those, the conversations that took place. See, music has incredible power. I believe even music that doesn't have words, classical pieces of music are so beautiful and powerful that speak of creation. These musicians, these composers, back in the you know, 1500s, 1600s, wrote these pieces of music inspired by God, and it was music that was worship to Him. But I would go as far as to say as I don't think there's much neutral music. Our music points us to God, or it doesn't. So here's my challenge for all of us. What music do I listen to? Who or what does that music inspire me to worship? Do I just chuck on any old thing? Just chuck on the radio, the secular radio, and just listen to anything? Or do I feed my soul and my spirit with music that glorifies God? Now, 
please hear me. I'm, I'm not here to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't listen to. We have a Holy Spirit, and it's not Mike. <laughs> but I'm here to put the challenge. As I read this, there is power in the music that we listen to. Would we each consider what that looks like for us? As the team joined me this morning, uh, there's an interesting and an amazing part of Lucifer's fall that we need to look at because God never replaced Lucifer. <laughs> never got, got a replacement. I, I don't know, it, one of those big three jobs, you know, come on, if you're a boss, you'd probably want to replace that key person. Your personnel, you know, kind of needs that leadership, but God doesn't. God doesn't replace Lucifer with another archangel. Why? Because we're the replacement. God created man in his image. When God created humanity, he created us for worship, to be a worshiper of him. We believe and understand that Lucifer's fall was prior to the creation of Adam and Eve. So something happened in between. It says, I'm going to make, God says, I'm going to make man in my image. I'm going to make them as worshipers. Our role, our responsibility, our purpose in life is to give glory and worship to God. So what does praise and worship look and sound like? I want us to get a little bit practical this morning, if that's okay. About 600 references to praise and worship in the Bible. 340 times the word praise appears. 254 times the word worship. You know, there's a reason why God would send the Levites out into battle. The Levites were the worshipers. They would go out into battle first because praise and worship precedes the victory that's coming. Sometimes all we can do is stand in the middle of the battle. This is what we're singing this morning. This is how I fight my battles. I don't have the answers, but my worship is my faith declaration that, God, you've got this, that the victory is yours. It's already yours. When you consider that Scripture is God-breathed, that no word is wasted, that's a lot of references, 600 references to praise and worship. So I, I believe there's an importance on that. And I'm going to need a little bit of help this morning because believe it or not, you're all musical instruments. Did you know that? Come on, take a deep breath. This is your wind instrument, your lungs. You've been given lungs, the breath to sing, to speak. We've got vocal cords. We've got strings in our throat. Come on, when those strings vibrate, it makes some noise. When you speak, your strings are operating. Anybody got some percussion instruments? Come on, we got hands and feet. We can make some noise. We are worship instruments. We are created to worship God. The Bible has a number of words to express praise and worship, and we're going to go through that today. And I, I, I want to say decades ago, like I, I think I must have been about 17 or 18, and and I was looking around and I've seen people lost in worship. And I looked at them and I said, how do you have that freedom? How is it you're so free when you worship God? And I just made a decision right there and then that I would be the worship leader of every row I sit in. We went to a bunch of churches while we were away. And can I tell you, I love our team. I really do. I really do. But do you know what I love most? I mean, I, I have seen more talented musicians, some, some, believe it or not, I know, but I love this team because this team 
is all about pointing people to Jesus. It's all about pointing people to Jesus. That when they worship, when they sing, when they play, it's about creating no distractions. You know, sing a joyful song to the Lord. Don't even worry about the tune, seriously. They'll take care of the tune. Just sing with joy and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> but you know, our expression has to be one that is a heart response. And so I stopped caring a long time ago. You might see me down the front and if you're new to church and this is kind of a new thing, what's, what's Mike doing? He's jumping and he's lifting his hands. I'm just, I'm just doing what Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's not a show for you, it's worship to God. And if you're trying to work out, what can I do to show my love and my appreciation and my praise to God? Hey, if I can inspire you to do that, all power to you. But my worship is for God. But it can also be an example to others. Psalm 8.2, I've taught the children to praise you perfectly. By their example, you will silence the enemy. Come on, our kids know how to do it. They are so free. Let's, let's encourage our kids. Let's have a praise party. Let's have a dance party. If you've got young kids in your home, crank up the praise and worship music and let's get a party started praising God. So come on, let's have a look at it. Number one, the first group uses our voices and so we can shout. Come on, everyone got to shout the praise in this place. We can shout, boast, pronounce, happy, announce with a loud voice. The word is Shabbat, which means shout to God with cries of joy. Second thing we can do is we can sing to Hila, to sing a new song. Like I said, joyful. It doesn't have to be tuneful. Just sing with all of your heart. Worship the Lord with gladness. You guys have got to be tuneful though, right? Please. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Psalm 81, 1, sing aloud to God our strength. The third thing we can do is we can speak. So we can shout, we can sing, we can speak the word halal to praise, to celebrate, to boast, to rave. Come on, when did you last rave or boast about your Jesus? Come on, when was the last time you told somebody about what Jesus has done in your life? We get to speak the praises of God every day. The next lot of words describe what we can do with our physical bodies. And before sacrifice or todah, which means give a sacrifice a praise. Psalm 50 verse 14. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And I believe this can be done with our words, but also as we bring our tithes, our offerings, our, our resource to God. It's our way of honoring Him and giving Him praise. I, I think we're going to get out of our seats. Can, can, can you stand for a moment? Come on, it's going to be hard to do what we've got to do in a moment if we're not standing. And some of you are going, oh no, oh no, here we go, here we go. Look, this is not about me. This is about God. And if our focus and our attention is on Him, there will be such a freedom in this place. And God, right now, I pray. I pray that we would take our eyes off everyone else and we put our eyes and our focus on You. Come on, number, number five is the lifting of hands. The lifting of hands. Some people say, I don't lift my hands and worship. Come on. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands and worship. If you can physically do it, lift your hands. Why do we lift our hands? Because it's worship to God. It's saying, God, I surrender to you. Psalm 134.2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Number six is to kneel, to bow down. And sometimes we have to kneel. We have to kneel. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Number seven, we clap our hands. 
takwa, to strike, to smite, to clap hands. There's an invitation in Psalm 47 1. It says, Come, everyone. Come on, everyone. Clap your hands. Come on. Clap your hands. Well, we have no problem cheering for our sports teams, do we? We get excited about our sports teams. But come on, we can clap our hands. We can shout. Number eight. This will get awkward. Dance. Makal. To twist, to leap, to dance, to twirl. Come on, is anybody like me? Your dance moves have not yet been categorized. All right. But if it's jumping, if it's twisting, if it's dancing, then we give everything we've got. Now, some of you, you are in a physical condition where dancing is is impossible for you. Come on, you move your eyelids. You get your eyelids going. You move your eyebrows or your ears. Come on, you get some part of your body moving as dance, as worship to God. Praise His name with dancing. And we're going to bring it to a close. I, I need everybody's musical instruments today. Would you use your voice? Would you use your wind instrument, your strings? As we declare Psalm 150, I love that the Bible closes the Psalms off with this declaration. Come on, would you say it with me? Hallelujah. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. Come on, praise Him with the sound of the horn. Praise Him with the heart and the lyre and the guitars. Come on. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flute. Praise Him with flashing cymbals. Come on. Praise Him with flashing cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Come on. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.